Welcome to the Valcast. We're back again today. This is our third podcast of this month uh, after the Xbox Showcase. We've got so much news we want to share with you. And then today we're specifically kind of narrowing our focus to a developer response, quote unquote, uh, to all the backlash that uh, Obsidian has kind of received about various things in the trailer that was shown at the showcase, uh, including things like graphics and the article of PC Gamer that mentioned that it's a smaller story. It's more like the Outer Worlds. Um, so, of course, there's been a lot of posts online about this, a lot of news articles about this, uh, many of which have been critical. Um, and so there was someone online who posted, had a tag of working for Obsidian Entertainment as a developer. And um, that has also got a lot of traction. So we're going to talk about that today a little bit before I have two people joining me today. So I have Parenthesis and Remoran. I'm just going to get your guys quick take on what you're doing. I'm, I'm still playing what I've been playing the past week or so, and that's Diablo 4. I'm still deep in it. I'm... I I found myself in this weird situation with that game. Like, I don't have a, a whole slew of long periods of time. I wish I did that I could play games. I just don't have that anymore in my life. It doesn't allow me to do that. So at, sometimes I'll have like uh, an hour or I might have an hour and a half to really like jump in a game and just focus on it without any distractions. And I'm finding in, in Diablo 4 that... I will uh, get like, I'll find a dungeon and I'll, I'll get into it, but I won't finish the dang thing. And then maybe I'm missing something, but I, I can't finish it and I got to go. And then I leave it in the pause state, you know, the, whatever they call that on Xbox. And I come back and it automatically logs you out and I lose my progress. I go back to the same dungeon. The map is not there at all. I have the items, the items that I acquired map is gone. I have to remap it. I don't know. I'm sure that's normal, but I feel like I'm like, it's my third time on this stupid dungeon. So I'm going to have to spend more than like an hour on it to get through it. Uh, but anyway, that's what I'm doing. Remoran, what are you up to? Uh, I am in the middle of Final Fantasy 16. So for a while it is, I'm a, I'm of two minds with it. It feels like Final Fantasy and then it doesn't feel like Final Fantasy. It's like story-wise it's Final Fantasy. The it, it's like Final Fantasy meets Game of Thrones, very mature Final Fantasy, but it's still Final Fantasy. Still has Ooh, all. But the, I kind of like that. That kind of uh, makes me interested. Great. Problem is that it's one. It's linear, um, very linear. Uh, there's open areas, but there's not much to do in those open areas. I'm like forty something percent done, according to um, my PlayStation Five, and it doesn't open up in a way that that I would like. And then my least favorite part about it is the RPG mechanics are extremely shallow. It is more, way more action game than it is RPG. Like, Interesting. I think the most egregious example of this is they have, and maybe I'm just overthinking it, but when you level up, they show like all the stats that go up. But really, there's only like three stats. There's, and the other stats are a combination. So like... Like your attack is really just your strength plus the attack of the weapon that you're holding. But but when you level up, it shows attack and strength. But really the only thing that's going up is your strength. So it feels like they're trying to show me like all this stuff is going, all these numbers are going up, but really only three numbers, maybe four if you count your HP go up uh, every time you level up. And it just feels weird to me. I don't know. So it's more, you think it's more because they're of the narrative design or are they trying to dumb it down for people? 
I wouldn't say I wouldn't say dumb it down. I would say streamline it as in like RPGs are not as popular as um as like action games and RPG light mechanics are popular, which is what which is what they have here. There's like very light RPG mechanics, there's like three or four or maybe there's like equipment but it's not really like that substantial, you know? So I I, I wouldn't say dumb down, but I would say uh make it more po- like more uh able to mass market appeal i guess is, is right 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 that makes sense so how much like longer it. do you think it'll take you to finish it uh probably it's it's i'm reading that it's 30 to 40 hours and i might be if i'm 50 percent done i'll probably yeah. be, you know so another like so you're a week something. away maybe you might something yeah. like that yeah okay cool very cool uh parenthesis have you been playing anything different yeah i uh a while ago, I kickstarted a, a game called Mask of the Rose by, by Fail Beta Games, and it's set in their Fallen London setting. So uh, this is sort of the dark Victorian setting where London has been stolen by uh, bats to below the, the ground together with a whole host of other different cities where the rulers have basically gone into a, 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 a quote-unquote Faustian bargain Um and this is set shortly after London f- fell or was stolen, and and then here comes the problem because it's sort of you. I know at some point you have to solve a, a murder, and because this is fallen London, you get to interact with the person who has been murdered and has now not quite come back to life, but is is back up. And uh, you go, but but I haven't gone to that part yet. So right now I'm just kind of going around, seeing what's what's what how London has reshaped itself and is reshaping itself. And meeting people and, and getting and establishing my connection and relationship to them. You can get a romantic relationship, or you can just make friends, or just I don't know, get get money. But it it just feels weird structurally. I I read somewhere that the developer said, okay, we uh, we have doubled the amount of time you have available in this game. And I went like, wait, what? That that doesn't sound good. That you did this after having launched. I said, oh well, we'll just we'll just take the knobs and just. Uh, just double the amount of time you have. You might, you might have wanted to check that was the correct amount of time before you, you know, build the content before you structure the the, the time mechanics and that sort of thing. So it's a game where I want to like it far more than I do. It, I'm looking at it now on Steam, and I, I love the aesthetics of it. I love the look of it. Um, oh yeah, it's a pretty game. And for twenty bucks, I mean, you can't you. You definitely can't fault it. Did you play any of the other stuff like Sunless Sea or I think they did like Sunless Skies? A bit, um, but but mainly Fallen London. I, I stopped playing it a while ago, but I love the the kind of quirky, weird world that, that they made through the, the Fallen London setting. So I thought, well, why not have a flutter? Why not see what they made? And I'm, you know... I'm not regretting what I have. It's a gorgeous game, uh, and it, it was certainly worth the gamble, even if it turns out that it wasn't for me. Right, right. I mean, it it it's already won a, had some recognition. I mean, it, the thing just came out in June. June eighth was the release date. It looks like, and it's got mm-hmm. fairly positive reviews. So, but for twenty dollars, I mean, geez. I mean, that's a great price for a game like this. It looks like something would be fun to sink yourself into just to see if you can figure things out. And 
Um, very cool find, by the way. Um, okay, so we've we've all kind of gone around, talked about what we're doing. I want to jump into today's topic, which is developer responds. Um, before we do that, I want to mention a couple of quick facts about this so-called developer response, and then we can we can talk as a group about how, how we feel about the details around it before we actually talk about what is said. So on June 12th, which was a day after the second trailer for Avowed was shown at the Xbox Showcase, someone with an avatar named Briar DM posted on RPG Codex forums uh, under the Avowed thread. They have like a single thread about, oh, this is coming out in 2024, and it's just got a, a, a hot mess of like 86 pages of of responses. And then his response was, uh, pretty much, I think, in reaction to the re the response, the kind of I get I wouldn't say toxic, but the negative responses associated with the trailer, which there were a considerable number of those on our RPG Codex when I looked through it. Um, so it was kind of like a "Hey guys, chill" kind of uh, response. The reason I think that it got so much traction is because Briar DM was tagged by RPG Codex as an official developer. Um, so there's a process that RPG Codex goes through, which is kind of not very well explained on their site, where they will verify whether you are an official developer or not. When the post was made, um, uh, you know, Monday at noon, it looks like, or what? Oh, actually, it was like at midnight. <laughs> Um, so right at the break of, of dawn on Monday, um, Briar DM was listed as a developer. And then the sub tag under him said obsidian entertainment, um, which I think is why you have all these people going on about, this is a developer from obsidian. However, if you do a little research and investigation, and this may be me being an idiot and cause I don't, I don't really associate with that forum and how it works, but since all of this response has made it to the press, and I'm talking about IGN, I'm talking about PC Gamer, Windows Central, heavy-duty people are responding to just this post and are creating articles based around just that post. So it's gaining traction. But um, after that traction has been gained just recently, the, the title underneath his name has changed. Um, in one of his posts, he does go and say um, this Briar person, which I'm sure is not their real name. Um, I may be the only Obsidianite who comes here other than Avalon, referring to Chris, though maybe others lurk. So a self-referential -re comment uh, insinuating that they work with Obsidian, okay? Um, and though Briar, if you look through the history, has been a member of RPG Codex since 2018 when he joined, his activity has been pretty minimal. He has a few posts in 2021, but most of his posts and activity uh, relate to this particular post and responses to responses to his post. And so hasn't been extremely active. Um, so here's a couple of things. We we don't really fully understand how RPG Codex verifies people as an official developer. Um, he was verified on July 24th, 2021. This is two years after his initial membership. Um, maybe we don't know if they attached the tag of Obsidian Entertainment, which I doubt. 
Um, I think that the user probably does that. Um, but there's also it's also important to notice that RPG Codex has a unflattering reputation. It has been called by many the anarchist Reddit is kind of the tag it's been given. Uh, I think that's because of there's a lot of unmoderated hate that they spew at gaming companies, their games and developers. You can find old posts on there uh, saying things like Obsidian hates men <laughs> based on the female characters and tyranny, all sorts of crazy stuff. And a lot of things I don't want to mention on this podcast that are not so great. Um, but it doesn't have a, a glowing reputation is what I'm trying to say. And it's not very well moderated, if at all. Um, now, if this all sounds a bit shady, it probably is. Uh, but again, like I said, major news organizations have, have tagged onto this and I don't understand it, but they're just assuming this guy works at Obsidian, like IGN, Windows Central. You didn't even back check this. Uh, maybe you did. Maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe you did call Obsidian. Maybe you did find out if this guy's, but their articles, if you read them, they're just like, he's a developer. He works there. This is what he said. I'm like, okay, whatever. So before we go into the text of the article, I kind of wanted to get your guys' feeling on how how much how much attention should we give something like this, and and do you feel that there might be some question there as to if this guy's really a developer? And do you have you had any experience with RPG Codex? So uh, I'll I'll start with you, Princess. Do you? Do you frequent these kind of forums on RPG Codex? It's okay if you do. Um, do you have any experience with the site? Um, and how do you feel about uh, them saying he's an official developer? So many moons ago, I actually did lurk sometimes on the RPG Codex. It's it's a cesspool. There's no doubt about that. It's it's at its best. It's a frank and uh, an open place to discuss things at worst, it's just a, a mire of bullshit and hate speech. That's it's oh, it's it's people who un ironically have you know Nazi generals as, as as icons. It's all like, yeah, okay, that's that's yeah, I you know, that, that's the line where you sort of ironically uh takes on the the, the style and the and the verbiage of someone, and then there's a point where you go, but do you really believe it, or is it sort of, you know, are you actually beginning to believe in this sort of thing? And, and that's the RPG Codex. It's, uh, it's a place, certainly. And that was one of the reasons why I stopped going there. Do you think there would be motivation for somebody to falsely claim they work at a company? Why would well, they do that, he, psychologically? Why would... Have you never... Had a friend who told them that you that their uncle worked in Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> good, good response. I like that. That's all I need to hear. So, Remorand, are you are you you're like you're on RPG Codex all the time, right? You got like posts everywhere. You're a big fan, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I so I've it it has come up in my time because I love RPGs. So I've in the years since I started playing RPGs is it has come up from time to time and I've lurked on the forum. I don't believe I ever posted I I um in it, but it is I, I think exactly what Parenthesis says. It 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 can be very uh unmoderated is a good way to put it. I mean mm. there there 
on the one hand, there's the the racism and uh, the the Nazi stuff that comes up in there, um, and sexism a lot. Um, but even barring that stuff, which is all terrible, and it's enough for for me to say I don't really like this place. But also, I I always feel like whenever I see um, those posts in RPG Codex, it feels like. I don't want to generalize, but it feels like a lot of older RPG players that don't like modern RPGs. Like they just, it's almost like they, they're not in love with RPGs anymore. And they, the, what they love to do is talk about how much they hate our modern RPGs, if that makes sense. It, so it's tough for me to, to go into a place like that and feel like, cause I'm such a, I, I guess a positive person when it comes to, to RPGs in general and modern RPGs for sure. Um, so I don't really go there that often. I do know though that there are there were instances where developers have posted on on it. Like I remember all the avowed stuff that Chris Chris Avalone talked about, or when Chris Avalone separated with Obsidian, he went on to RPG Codex and talked a whole lot of shit about Obsidian in that forum specifically. And that was and I'm I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was definitely him. So. It, I, we there are in the past there have been instances of uh, developers posting in, in in that forum for sure. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we're going to read the comment to you in a little bit if you haven't seen it, listeners. But I think one of the things that sets this apart and maybe makes it more believable is the fact that this guy isn't uh, spewing hate and isn't racist and isn't sexist and isn't all yeah. the other things you normally come across there. So this is so like normal and like uh level-headed and reflective of a comment then that makes you think oh wait okay this guy is different this individual maybe legitimately does that i have no doubt that there are people within companies we know this happens and sometimes it comes out much later that you find out the truth that that lurk in forums under an alias uh i not often claiming they're a developer there but um, well, just to kind of get the feel, you know, everybody's curious. I mean, your company can tell you, don't do this, don't do this. But then you, you go to some coffee cafe and use your VPN and, and you're like, okay, I'm going to open up a, a, a private browser tab and I'm going to go into, um, Reddit and see what people are, see if they're saying shit about us. You know, it happens. We know it happens. I think this is an extreme because very rarely do people actually come out like Chris did. We know that happened um, and just say, hey, I am who I am and this is how I feel. But then typically, like with the Chris situation, he got called out on it on Twitter and he got called out on it um, through articles. Um, so you can do Google searches and find when what, what Remoran's talking about when that happened. And so it was like externally verified. Like he didn't just talk to them. He actually responded to a few interviewers um, and responded via his Twitter profile when this all came out. Um, so this guy, this dude is nowhere. I've, I mean, obviously this is not his name. I get that, but I've looked up the alias Briar DM everywhere and I can't find shit. I can't find anything. I mean, I'm not that I'm a major internet sleuth um, and I only spent maybe 30 minutes, you know, browsing different forums here and there youtube anywhere i could find couldn't find anything but this so 
definitely a little sus, but I do want to jump in and, and read what everybody's talking about, because again, like I said, this isn't just us. There's a lot of articles out there now that are addressing this as quote unquote fact. Um, in fact, I will give some credit to Jez uh, over at Windows Central. He's the one who wrote the Windows Central article specifically about this uh, post. Um it was a good article. <laughs> I don't mind eating crow. So it was well-written. It was grammatically correct. It was didn't look like a third grader wrote it. So maybe he's starting to win me over a little bit. I don't know. But it was a good article. So I appreciate that he, he took a little more care in what he was writing there. So let's jump in. I'm going to read it. Um, I'm just going to read through the whole first post in full. It's very short. And then what we can do is go back and pick apart different things and see what we feel about it if we feel this is an official response. So here we go. This is direct quotes from his post, which you can find if you just do a search for Briar DM uh, RPG Codex. So he's referring to Codex, and this is in the middle of the discussion of people bashing the trailer, right? He says, Codex always gives a good wild ride, exclamation point. This thread is bonkers, but 100% warranted. The trailer fails to show much in its two-minute runtime, which also means it fails as a trailer. Many at the studio certainly agree. To clear up misconceptions, though, I'll say this. The game is big and open. It is unfair to compare it to Outer Worlds. I think Ferg is, referring to the studio head, is trying to keep expectations down just in case, which I think is nothing alike. This is, uh, talking about Outer Worlds, this coming from someone who did not much like Outer Worlds, especially the art style. The studio that did the trailer did some compression of colors and image editing. Screenshots that have been released are much more representative of what it looks like just running through it. Uh, they also appear to be totally random shots from the game. I'm not sure why these were chosen out of all the things, probably to keep spoilers at a minimum. A lot of the game is being kept hidden right now. I think you will have to wait until the next trailer or some sort of presentation to really see it. But it is safe to assume that it is very Obsidian, for better or for worse. No, the entire game is not bright and happy town. My favorite quote. <laughs> no, the game is not all bright and a happy town. No, it is not also indistinct visually. Just the spots shown in the trailer. There are lots of characters, quests, conversations, various game mechanics, big story, etc. Hopefully we can just release more shots from the game without having to worry about another trailer. I miss working on Pillars of Eternities where we could just leak our own shit and no one could tell us no. So another self-referential thing about working at Obsidian. Um, last paragraph, I guess take that as you will dumpster fire comments are a bit over hype development is going well right now microsoft is allowing obsidian free license to do as they will and if it is a success or if it fails it'll be on obsidian's own terms so that's his first post there's a couple of other replies that we'll get to later where people challenge him a little bit and he comes back and says a few other things but 
in general, that's, that's the gist of it. So three short paragraphs in a post gets nationwide attention pretty quickly is interesting to me. I think that's systematically, I think that's definitely what happens when you're, when you choose silence over communication. Um, this could be Joe Schmo who's working, you know, maybe he is a developer, but maybe he's a developer for Delta airlines. We don't know. So, you know, anybody could have posted this and then boom, it gets all this attention simply because we just haven't gotten a lot. So that's why I think these quote unquote dumpster fires tend to happen. Um, so the first paragraph, he kind of mentions that, you know, he mentions RPG Codex as a place with a lot of flaming and hate kind of with his, his uh, reference there. He says the trailer fails to show much in its two minute runtime. Um, to clear up misconceptions, though, I'll say this. The game is big and open. It's unfair to compare it to Outer Worlds, even though his studio head is the one who did that comparison, um, which I think it is nothing alike. This coming from someone who did not like much of Outer Worlds, especially the art style. Um, he goes on. The, I think the first thing we can really comment on is he says um, the studio that did the trailer did some compression of colors and image editing. The screenshots that have been released are much more representative of what it looks like just running through it. Um, they also appear to be totally random shots from the game. I'm not sure why these were chosen out of all the things, probably to keep spoilers at a minimum. Um, he goes on to mention that people at Obsidian are not happy with the trailer and the choices that were made with it, but say la vie, that's how it goes. So in general, how do you, how do you respond to that? His claim that, you know, we, I can, I can give you some background information. If you didn't already know the company that did the trailer is called, uh, Buddha Jones. You can look them up online. It's, uh, Buddha-Jones.com. Um, they're very big. They've done trailers for movies, games, all sorts of things. I mean, recently they did the trailers for Babylon, Evil Dead Rise, Polite Society, Nope, um, Star Wars Outlaws is a game they did a trailer for. Um, so they've done trailers for a variety of media. They do have a, a page in particular where they show the or showcase that they worked on the first trailer for Avowed. So the same company did the first trailer and the second trailer. Um, they also uh, kind of have a page where they talk about one having more gameplay in it and one having more CG in it. And we obviously knew that before. Um, but how do you feel about this? I mean, that it kind of, I mean, I guess that information is out there. So you could have, you could have found it, but just, it sounds very, insider the way he writes and the way he talks um and the way he talks about the trailer not being something that they're completely happy with having all these random shots how do you feel about that first part of his statement um does anything kind of everything relatable to you do you, do you kind of say okay I, I get it now maybe a little bit better i understand what the trailer was the way it was assuming this is legitimately a guy in the know um, what are your general thoughts? Uh, I'll start with you, Remoran. Do you just about that particular section of his post? Um, I think I think it's actually a developer. Um, I, I just think the way that it that that it sounds, it sounds very. I don't know. I, I, I don't know why, but it sounds to me like that's an actual developer talking. Um, 
I could be wrong though. But I about what he's actually saying, I don't know. I feel kind of in the middle about someone. Like I feel like it's a, and I know this is funny coming from someone who talks about it and who is begging for more information. But it feels like a little unprofessional to go on a forum and talking about it like that because I feel like you don't like. How do I say this? I think Carrie Patel probably wouldn't have wanted uh, someone to go and, and talk about it, even if they were trying to quote-unquote reassure, because a lot of time when you, when you try to reassure, even more questions come up, and then you have to answer those questions, and then it, it just sort of spiderwebs into something that's uncontrollable, or if you don't answer the questions, it feels like, oh, this person just left. So uh, as far as the actual content, I think... It seems interesting that they're trying to reassure, but I don't think it's, I really don't think it's needed, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with what you're saying that if he, you know, if he is a developer, it is very unprofessional. He definitely speaks in a tone that makes it sound like he's on the inside. Um, as for them not being happy with the trailer either, I hope that's true because it makes me feel a little better about my opinions because. You know, I'm feeling like now on the internet and everywhere else, if you say, if you have any constructive criticism of a company, then you're a hater for some reason. Uh, if you hold them to higher standards, you're a bad person. I mean, so it's good to hear that they are a little more, uh, they're just as critical internally, mm -hmm. which I like to hear. I like to hear that. I mean, you always get the argument, drives me crazy, is, dude, they have families. They have kids. They're somebody's mom. They're somebody's daughter. Well, you know what? So am I. And so is the guy at the ticket booth at the Metro. And so that doesn't mean that you can just let shit slide. It do, you know, you still have to be accountable for what you do in the world and, and your job. Anyway, I'll get on a rant there. So parenthesis, <laughs> just from what I've read, do you have any impressions of about this person, about what they said, about their uh, what they said about the company and their feelings? Are you feeling more like this might be true or are you feeling like this is all bullshit? I could very well be wrong, but when I read through this and, and try to process the information, the, the new things they actually have to say, I, I don't really find anything that could be considered insider information here. If I was someone, master of just playing it up, being a developer on the RPG Codex, I could write this. There's nothing here that, that screams to me that they actually are a developer. There's no secret source. I get that. And I, and I understand that as well. I mean, you, you, I think, I think what, it, it's very aloof almost the, the way he writes. Um, I don't know if that's maybe the best description, uh, but just kind of like um, ho-hum. Um, and uh, it goes on to say the entire game isn't all bright and happy town which is obviously uh, there's, there's a little bit of, um, I wouldn't say venom there, but there's a little bit of uh, taking things personally there, right? Um, which a developer would, I'm sure, if people said that about their work. Um, it's not also indistinct visually, which was meaning that, you know, there's a lot more that was shown. Um, the reference that... Um, 
kind of saying it's an obsidian game. There's lots of characters. There's lots of quests. There's conversations. There's game mechanics. There's big story, all of which was not shown. And then going on to say, hopefully we can just release more shots of the game without having to worry about another trailer. I miss working on Pillars of Eternity where we could just leak out our own shit, which is interesting um, because that is true um, mm. about the development of Pillars of Eternity. Um, they were just looking for any press they could get uh, on that. So yes, I don't know. You didn't have a, a big company breathing down their necks with you know, right. corporates and, and several other layers of, of bureaucracy. I mean, they had a company who was at a brick wall at that point. I mean, they, they were almost shut down. Um, if you watch the documentary, they walked through the offices and they all the, talk about all the people they had to fire before the Kickstarter for that. So um, they were at wit's end. They were almost done. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it, I definitely would be different mentality working during that time. And that is the one part of the statement that makes me think, okay, well, maybe they did work there at one point. Uh, you know how you leave a company and you leave on good terms and you still kind of root for them. Maybe that's the case. Um, but there's also a lot of we in there. Uh, when he speaks, he uses we as in we, the company. I kind of agree with what he says when he, I wish we could just release more shots of the game without having to worry about another trailer. How do you feel about that and the way he kind of ended that comment, um, kind of implying that Microsoft uh, is kind of giving them free license to do what they want. And if they win or lose, it's, it's up to them and kind of wants them to be maybe a little more open. Maybe there's some frustration there if he really is a developer that they're not releasing more content out to the public. They're a little keeping the cards too close to their chest. Um, any feelings about that part of the statement near the end? Everybody kind of has an opinion, right? On what they should or shouldn't do. But I feel like marketing is, is, is really complex. I mean, people get paid a lot of money to, to know when is the right time when it, it isn't. Now, generally speaking, I, we, I'm sure we have an idea. It's like two, three years. That's way too long for someone to not post something. You know what I mean? But like wishing something like it's different than like it was before is kind of weird to me because they're, the company's in a different place. The game that they're making is a different type of game. So, and to be fair, I don't know. He might not be saying like, I wish we were making those types of games or, or I wish we were back then. I think he might just be saying like, it sucks that when we're making a game this big or when we're, we have this much eyes on us, we have to be careful when we communicate or how we communicate. Um, so he could just be saying that. So that's kind of the way I feel about it. It's like, it's weird to me that he, that he has an opinion on, uh, not that he has an opinion, but his opinion is a little weird to me. But at the same time, I feel like everybody kind of is entitled to their own opinion and I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I kind of like, uh, I, there are things about it that make like the, the way that it's written using, we referring to being a part of the organization, the reference to pillars of eternity and how they would occasionally drop stuff. And I've mentioned that in the past. That was one thing I enjoyed about obsidian back then is that they weren't so careful and, uh, mm -hmm. But I do think that something that leans towards what Parenthesis is saying is that last paragraph, because I feel like employees are told, I, I'm pretty sure this is true, and are very aware that anything they say 
can have more than effect, more of an effect, like it affects more than just uh, people on Reddit. Like it affects more than just people who get their feelings hurt because they play the older games. We're mm -hmm. talking about the stock market here. We're talking about investments here. We're talking about affecting economy in a certain way. And by referencing Microsoft and saying they just let us do what the hell we want, where whereas we all kind of know that's their style, or at least it was before Redfall, I just think stating something like that shows maybe a lack of understanding that you write you sign a lot of documents when you get hired at these companies you you don't come out and talk about company choices or slants or anything like that because it can affect a lot more than just the sale of the game it can affect companies or or people who are investing things like that mm -hmm. so i i you think Go ahead. You can, see, you can see his opinion on on that too by just the very fact that he, if if he's an actually actual Obsidian employee, the fact that he's posting on the forum, right? He probably isn't allowed to. do There's probably something in his employment contract preventing him from from doing something like that. Uh, but he did it anyway. So I mean, I guess that that aligns with what he's saying. I wish we could go out and leak our own shit, but then also, you know, I'm posting on a forum, kind of in a gray area in terms of leaking. Cause I don't think he's saying anything like right. is saying anything that, that uh, nobody doesn't know, but also just engaging with a community that is, I let's say passionate, sometimes hostile. Mm -hmm. um, I think the very fact that you're engaging um, is a little, it's, it, it's on the line. You know uh, and I mean? that's why, that's why if I was going to have any opinion, it would be that, if this guy really, I don't think he's a developer, by the way, because of all the shit with his profile that changed when, when the shit hit the fan, the guy's like, oh, fart, I got to fix this. <laughs> but let's go on and talk about the, what he says beyond that, because people kind of challenge him on that. And they talk about the extended showcase, um, which had not happened at this point. And he goes on to say the showcase won't show anything new in the game as if that's been internally verified, you know, um, although I guess there were articles out there that also said that and Xbox kind of Im implied that maybe a little bit. Um, he also goes on to say, uh, all I can say is the game has not entered alpha yet. Art will get refined in various ways. Lighting will change though. Designs will not change. Of course, uh, they are what they are. Um, parenthesis, what do you feel about that? If, if, if that's true, number one, and I mean, you've already expressed some doubt as, as to him, but if he is the guy and if this is true, does that bother you at all that it hasn't entered alpha yet? Or do you feel like that's, that's no big deal? Well, that depends on how long they have to, uh, to, to fix it, to polish it up. If, if they have the most of a year, then. That's that's perfectly fine. Um, if it's a uh, an early release in say January and February, then I'm a bit concerned for a game of of this size. I'm not a game developer, right? So pre-alpha, what does that even mean? Does that mean it's going to be uh, we have a year left of development? Does it mean we have six months left of development? I have no idea. I mean, it could be. They are they in full production? Does can you be in full production and in alpha? Probably, yeah. Because I think back in the day when I heard what beta was, right? Beta is, from my understanding, um, you can play the game from start to finish. 
um, and alpha. I'm less sure about what that what exactly that means. So it's tough to say. He goes on to say in response to that, he says, um, just to clarify, because some people said the same thing, you know, like, wow, this is not even in, in alpha yet. And assuming that is referring to really your quality assurance, you know, where you're testing and you're, you're, you're checking for bugs and things like that. Um, <clears throat> he goes on to clarify when people challenge him on that, he says, quote, on previous projects, alpha periods were sometimes just a few months long. This is actually the longest we'll have for alpha slash beta period for any game at Obsidian by a long shot. And this is good news. It, it is good news because it's longer to make sure that the game is good. It's like, you know, um, Starfield having extra time. Uh, so I think that is good news, but I still think it is tough to nail down. And again, I'm not sure I'm not a developer, but I feel like alpha is could be slightly different per studio. You know what I mean? Like an alpha at Obsidian might not be an alpha at um, at uh, Bethesda. So okay. timeline wise, I don't. I'm I'm not sure if it's if what we can glean. Okay, that- I'll draw back the curtain. I am a software developer, and okay. while I don't work uh, in the games business, I can tell you this. There's no industry standard. None. Nowhere. Alpha roughly means, well, it's, it, it, it crashes all the time, but we are working on it. It's certainly not finished. There's stuff missing. And beta means, <laughs> I mean, I guess we could release it if we wanted to not sell anyone and want everyone to have uh, want refunds. And then you can gradually move towards it. But no, there's no standards. That's also why version numbers are just random higgledy piggledy some of them have, have letters in them some are some jumps from like 0.8 to 1.1 and someone some some software doesn't even release even reach point one point something it's it's nonsense yeah i mean look at like xbox cloud gaming is technically still in beta right but people are paying for it um it, so we don't have enough context i think to even understand what he's saying which is why i think it's so weird to be to be posting on a forum with a bunch of like i said let's say passionate people i, I don't think I, I, <laughs> they're I don't coming think, for you buddy <laughs> i don't think you're ever going to get what you want which is like i feel like the purpose of of saying something like that is to reassure right but i feel like you're never going to reassure them unless you release the game so i don't see the purpose of of someone posting on a forum or quote unquote leaking yeah, I, I have a feeling, if anything is true, this guy used to work there maybe during the Pillars days um, and maybe has moved on or whatever. Uh, I mean, if they work there, they're going to, I mean, he's going to know, he's got to know they're going to figure out who he is. Let's, let's assume that he is there now. I mean, they're going to find out you did this, dude, and they're not going to be too happy about it. Obviously, they have chosen as a studio to close the safe and and spin the wheel and the lock is on. They don't want stuff coming out right now. So that is their choice. I did want to mention um, a few things that um, some of our listeners have written in about this specific comment. And I wanted to share some of their thoughts um, real quick. And I know one in particular mentioned that they have read and heard that 
Obsidian is really right now focused a lot on their 20th anniversary documentary um, and the content surrounding it. We mentioned that on our last podcast. If you go to YouTube, you can see uh, what we're talking about, but they have this 20th anniversary documentary. They're really doing a deep dive into their company and their history and their projects. So that may have been Obsidian's internal focus over a gameplay trailer, which is why they may have just handed this off to um, the company that did the first trailer, Buddha Jones. Maybe they just gave them a hard drive with some stuff on it. That's what it sounds like. I mean, and, and, and that makes sense to me because that's what it looked like. It did not look like a thoughtful trailer it looked like um and this is not meant to be disparaging at all but it looked like uh, a high school uh a video journalism project where somebody gives you some stuff make a cool trailer out of this you know and that's kind of what it looked like like somebody who didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge of what they were doing in particular so that obsidian could focus on other things that they're doing they're they're if they're really pushing this 20th anniversary thing, maybe that's their thing. They don't want to spend time. And I'm sure Carrie Patel is, doesn't want to spend time on trailers because that's wasted time, right? That's you want your people to have their focus. You don't want them to get distracted. You want to keep everything as positive and fluid as possible. So I get that. I get why you would give it away to somebody else. Um, but as my point per our previous uh, podcast, it's a pretty big stage. This was a diff. This is different than just your regular E3. This was after the events that with Redfall. This was this is a period where all the world's a stage, basically at this point, where everybody's looking, everybody's paying attention. Um, so maybe not the best time to just give them a hard drive with a bunch of crap on it and say make a trailer. Some other people wrote in and talked about. Um, verifying that they know that they they believe they've been revamping the QA process, that there's been some articles out there that when they restructured for Avowed that they were really focusing on maybe beefing up their QA department. And so that would be kind of maybe why they're in pre-alpha if, if we're assuming the meaning that, that has something to do with testing. Who knows? And, and like Parenthesis said from his own experience that it, it's a it's like a a shallow term. It could mean whatever you want it to mean. And there is no a real industry definition for it, except that some people in the press tend to use it as a timeline. You know, you go from alpha to beta to release, right? So that's just, I think, an interpretation from people. Some people wrote in that said that they believe that if the person turned out to work for Obsidian, that they, they assumed that RPG Codex has some sort of verification product process or they wouldn't let them say that i don't know <laughs> i mean I know. just look at the moderation in that forum and it'll exactly. tell you exactly look you at how much attention they pay to everything else you're right good point I, I i kind of find that maybe a little bit uh not true as well um Why would people go into the internet just to lie <laughs> oh, I know. How, that never happens, right? He does go on to talk about some other things. He talks about, he does mention, why would anyone come here to talk to you guys because you're all so horrible? Um, but then goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing, and then goes on to say something like, you know, I came on here because I believe that we should be talking to people no matter what the backlash should be. Uh, there is a lot of parts of his comments that... Um, you know, definitely imply that he's not particularly happy with that stance. He or she is not happy with the stance of not releasing any information. 
and is not happy with the information that has been released and hopes that maybe they'll release some stuff other than a trailer, which is what I've been saying for forever, right? That you need to give us something, you know, tons of games have done this over the period of, of decades of, and I've used the example of flora and fauna, you know, they'll give us like little tidbits of here's, here's a particular wild orchid that is, uh, known to be poisonous, or they'll give us a, a little, you know, bit of lore or something. I think that would work to their advantage. <clears throat> I know that they think that everybody's going to spew hatred at them. And yes, sometimes the internet is toxic, but I think that for the most part, people are going to be more gracious to you if you're more gracious to them. And that's just, that's me being ignorant, I guess. That's just the way I feel about it. I am concerned that all these outlets have been writing about this post and just assuming that this dude is legit. I mean, I guess IGN looked it up. I mean, I'm assuming they did because they went them and Windows Central just basically say this dude works at Obsidian. I have no idea uh, really what else to say about it other than that's the latest information we have about the game and that this, because that's all we have, of course it exploded and people are writing about it and there's articles everywhere now about what this one dude posted at midnight. You know, if you look through the past of all the leaks that we've had about uh, Avowed, uh, me looking back now, they seem to be pretty true. I mean, I never would have said this before, but that initial leak that came out, the one that was days after the 2020 trailer, most of that is true. Um, and I think just about every single thing that Jez said was true. Maybe this is how we're going to continue to learn about the game. And, and we just have to assume since those were turned out to be more right than wrong, maybe this is the same situation. So we're going to end today. We have a few uh, quick emails. I'm going to uh, pass on to the people here and see what they have to say. We have this first one from Gen Z Master. Um, this is, uh, do you think that zones will, do you, wait, let me read it again. Do you think that the zones we will be able to freely travel through the living lands, oh, do you think, Think Oh, this is not well written. That's the problem. I think what he's saying is, do you think that because there are zones, we will be able to still freely travel throughout the living lands, regardless of if we follow the storyline? That's what he's trying to say. Okay. Oh, like, like going to, um, a, a well, it's like going to a planet in outer worlds that yep. you haven't unlocked yet. Yeah. I feel like, uh, it's, uh, man, it's it, tough to say. I don't think so. I'm starting to think no, because when you do that type of um, game design, it allows you to, to kind of block areas. Um, but even in some open world games, like uh, Grand Theft Auto is a great example where you only have like a, a small little island area and then there's always like, I don't know, roadblocks. Um, and I feel like, it, I'm not sure, but with, with the, the, the way they're designing the games with just zones, it makes it more possible. Well, there's two ways to look at it. There, there's the one, I don't really know if this is what they're saying, but there's one way into saying that, can I immediately, when I land on the docks, travel to the zone on the far end of the island? But then there's the whole other concept of once I have passed from one zone to the next, am I able to freely travel back to the previous zone and finish old side quests? So I think there's two aspects to that. One is, 
trying to run ahead of the content and the other is trying to go back and and flesh out the content you didn't really get to do parenthesis which which do you feel is going to probably more of what we see with avowed knowing what you know about obsidian first of all i think he's asking about the first one uh, the first interpretation and secondly uh I feel that Obsidian will gate some content, but I think, and I have no evidence for this, but it's just just a gut feeling. I have a gut feeling that it might be a more open game compared to, say, the Outer Worlds, where they at least could have the excuse, why can't we go here? The ship is not working, or it needs a it needs a special pass to in, to to land here or there. It's sort of like, no, it's it's a fantasy world. You you could go wherever you want. Yeah, if they're going to gatekeep an area, they're going to do it by like having a, a cave that travels through a mountain and you have to kill the big boss before you can get to the other side. Maybe something along those lines. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I think that the the narrative, while that's the part we love about the game, also can be maybe restrictive in some aspects in that unlike a Skyrim game where the main story and main quest line is really kind of completely separate from the rest of the game, Obsidian tends to weave it in, and the fact that we now know that you have these companions are going to be a major part of the story, um, you know, that even applies even more that this is very narrative-driven, very story-based, very linear may not be the word, but there's a story here, and there's a finish to the story, right? So that, that So you have to move along that story. I don't think it's a game that's designed for you to be able to go and pick flowers on the other side of the island. I just, I maybe they'll let you do that, but I just don't feel like that's. And they could also be that they just put the enemies on the other side that they're so powerful that you just get slaughtered, you know? So it could be that as well. Okay. We have another one. This is from arbiter three, two, seven, uh, arbiter asks, how do you think avowed will handle character death? That question uh, splits up in, into two new questions. The one is, how does will the game handle uh, companion deaths, and how will the game handle NPC deaths? Right. And the answer is, I, I don't know. My my hope is that it will be reactive, and that if you want to, you can certainly begin going around murdering everyone and the plot will take it into account. They did it for New Vegas, but I, I truly do not know if that is something they want to deal with. As for companions, I have a feeling that there might be specific instances where you can have a, a plot-related death for a companion, but otherwise they'll just get up after combat. Yeah, I mean, to Outer Worlds, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Now, in Outer Worlds, though, I'm pretty sure you can kill NPC-wise. You can kill everyone, uh, but your your companions, uh, unless you're playing in Supernova difficulty, they'll just uh, kind of, I guess, faint, go unconscious until for a cooldown, mo and then after death, they'll they'll just get up, which is probably what's going to happen here, especially if they're a big part of the story. I agree. I have another one from this one, this uh, Huzah Warden. 
writes in, and this was a fairly recent one. It says, do you think graphics and frame rate will be better on PC than console like they did with Starfield? Graphics and graphics and frame rate will always be better on PC than in console in every in in every game. I, I don't I can't think of one game that is a console game and a PC game where the game doesn't run or look better or both uh, on PC. Even if you're talking about like it run it's running 60 frames per second on on console, it it, it most of the time it, PC will allow you to run at 120 frames per second. So. I think it's going to look better on PC, but based off of uh, the graphics that we're looking at, it doesn't seem like it's, it's, it has a huge, you know, um, like, I, I'm reluctant to say next-gen look, but, you know, it, it, I, I don't think that it's going to run 30 frames per second, is, is I guess what I'm saying on console. I think they'll have a performance, 60 frames per second performance mode, um, but I still think that, I'm going to play it on PC and I'm probably going to play it like, you know, I have a 4080. I, I think I'll be able to play it at 120 frames per second. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, parenthesis, what do you think? You agree with that? I mean, pretty consistently PC is always going to be better no matter whether that was in the design of the game or not. Depending on your hardware. Yes. But I just like to, to say, Raymond, that's uh, the thing about the performance always being better on PC. That's uh that has not always been true. That's uh... barring barring the the really shitty PC ports that we. I'm, I'm I don't mean um I I mean intention. I don't mean like actual like release. Like for example, uh, Star Wars um, Jedi Survivor Survivor ran terribly on PC, and theoretically it should run better. But and I think what his question was asking is really about like intention. Do you think they're intent they're going to allow PC to run better? Ah, um, okay. That's what I think. Uh, it, you know, like I said, it, PC ports have been pretty bad, especially Unreal, by the way, PC ports. So, um, and this is an Unreal game. So I'm not saying that it's not going to be a bad PC port because it might be a bad PC port. Only that potentially, because you know, better uh, better hardware, you're going to be able to run it better on PC as long as there's no shitty port nonsense going on. Okay. Um, next, we have a question from Ben J. Thomas. Does a smaller world map mean every house and cave will be explorable? Um, well, I'll start. Um, we don't know. <laughs> this is all speculation. We have no idea because they haven't told us anything. Um, I know that Carrie Patel meant that, you know, was kind of implying that the reason that the map is smaller and that it's not a huge open world is because they wanted to pay more attention to detail. They wanted to make the environment more rich that you lit, that you're working in and less like spread out and generic. Um, you guys have a feeling like you think every house is going to be explorable? No, I, I don't personally. <laughs> I don't I, like outer worlds. Um, I think was pretty weak in the exploration aspect. Um, Whereas, like, it, they didn't not they didn't not just allow you to go into every house because they they had houses that were blocked, um, but they also didn't have anything interesting to do in most of the places that you could go into, um, and I think that was just based off of the scope of the game, and I feel like with 
with um with avowed smaller the kind of smaller scope than something like a skyrim i think you can do more i think it's going to be more explorable than outer worlds i just don't think they're going to allow you to go everywhere because uh, i i feel like they're just not a big enough studio to do something like that so parenthesis does this matter to you when you play a game do you care if everything is explorable every cave has a meaning and every house has every room and drawer has something in it if it's an immersive sim yes but this is not an immersive sim i'm more interested in i'm fully willing to play a a role-playing game that cuts down on that kind of fidelity if it means that they focus on the important things the the characters the the storylines, the quests, these feel are, are the, the building blocks of an RPG. I can handle that the world and some of the cities and houses are abstracted because fundamentally, I don't care about that sort of thing in these types of games. Other people do, and that's perfectly legitimate, but I just don't. I agree with that. I, I think when you have like uh, big cities like Byzantium, right? Um, you have all these like buildings that are there to show how big the city is, but not not to go in. It, it's there to to immerse you in a different way than being able to go in them, if that makes sense. And it's like I, a, I, I, go ahead. It's like a it's like a a backdrop on a, on a theater stage. It is there to give the impression and the verisimilitude. Exactly. Yep, that's totally exactly what I'm saying. So uh, I think they're going to have that, and I think they're going to have some sense of that. But again, I do think it's going to be more explorable, and I think there's going to be more things to, like, to, to distract you than in Outer Worlds, uh, simply because, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like a, in a fantasy world, people expect that. People expect to be able to, like, if you see a cave, to, to be able to, like, go in. I don't think you're going to be able to go into every single place and do every single thing, but there's going to be more of it, in my opinion, than in Outer Worlds. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it'll be a little more than Outer Worlds. I think they're, they're, they're aware that that was one of the complaints with Outer Worlds, um, but I don't think it's going to be that to the detail. I think I also think Parenthesis is right. This is a story narrative company. Um, if it adds to the story, yeah, you'll be able to do it. But if it doesn't, they don't want to really waste their time on it. And I agree with that choice. So we have another one here. This is from, this is like the, a lot of these, I've been getting a lot of the same emails, but this is the first time I think anybody's ever asked this question. So this is UTI Tinder um, wrote us and said, would you want the ability to swim in the world? So in I know past. that there, there's games uh, like Minecraft. You can swim in the oceans. I mean, to a certain extent, I think Oblivion lets you do that. I can't remember if Skyrim did. I Oblivion and Skyrim do. Yeah. Both let you swim underwater. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there's a quest in Oblivion where there's like a sunken ship that was really cool and you had to swim into it. Um, uh, would I want that in this world? Yeah, but again, this is kind of like what Parenthesis was implying before is that it, every choice like this that you make adds a whole nother layer of complexity. It adds a, is it important to the story? Is this essential? You know, is this really something we'll want to spend time on when we're already kind of you know, we're already in this, we have this timeline set out before us that we kind of need to meet, you know, in 2024. Do we, 
I would say my guess is you're not able to swim to the bottom of the lakes or swim in the ocean in a vow. That would be my guess. Parenthesis, what do you think? As for what I think, what I want, I, I honestly don't care either way. But I'm also tilting towards that we won't be able to. Yeah. Remarin, you want to swim? I usually like it. And the reason is because one of my earliest memories of Oblivion, and I'm sure there's so much nostalgia in this. I don't remember the quest. I don't remember if it even was a quest. But I swear, this is how, my, how I'm remembering it. There was a quest that someone like threw something in a lake and you had to go in and, and, and get it. And like this was like years ago or something like that. And I remember going into the lake and swimming to the bottom and seeing the chest and, and yes. thinking, and this is young me, thinking, oh, it's there. You know what I mean? That's so cool. Like I can swim, you know. So there's an immersion part of it that I like. At the same time, I agree that if, if there's no... St- big story moment where where you have to do swimming stuff i i don't think they need to do it and they shouldn't waste their time doing it just so that you can swim you know wasting animation budget or whatever on on that stuff i don't think it's necessary i agree i think more so in oblivion than skyrim if i recall oblivion really had a lot of things that dealt with that and also one of the things in oblivion i remember um, couple of quests where you, there's islands you have to get to. And the only way to get there is of course, swimming on top of the water you can do in most games, but, um, you know, there were guards on the outside coast. So you could actually go underwater and they, they had an, an algorithm in there where they couldn't see you. Um, so you were, you could kind of sneak up on them. So it was kind of cool in a stealth way as well. So, um, I don't know. I like it. It's fun. I don't want you to sacrifice resources if it wasn't your original intent. Um, there's plenty of other games that let me do that. So, uh, you know, I, it's fun, but I'm, I'm okay if it doesn't happen. Okay, our last question, and then we'll be done. <clears throat> this is, we've kind of gotten this before a little bit. Um, this is from uh, someone called Brandy Wines, W-H-I-N-E-S. Um, Brandy Wines writes and says... Do you think Aora will allow for same-sex romance and transgender characters? I mean, if... I mean, Obsidian does have a track record of allowing uh, gay romance, and I can't off the top of my head remember an actual transgender character, and I can't recall, and I don't think you can ever actually... There's an option where you can explicitly players one but they have a few uh, you that could be interpreted as, as as being one for avowed we don't even know if there are romances there may be gay couples in the game some of your companions might be gay uh, but i don't think you will have the option of being trans in the game that's just my guess um, Rimaran, what do you think about that? I think that, so I think they, yeah, there, there's, they have a long history of allowing things like that. So I, I feel like they are, and I feel like they should. Um, it's, I think it's more difficult to portray like a, a, a trans, um, person, I think, than, than, than a, a, a gay person because it's, I guess, how do you do it respectfully? Right. Um, I, I was going to say you know, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a little more difficult. I, I do think that they will. It, it's very easy to allow 
um, at least in like character creation to create whatever, you know, male or female body type. They may even call it just body type one, body type two. I think that's one way to, to, to help with that and then allow you to choose whichever voice you want. Mm-hmm. Like the, the male, the male, more male sounding voice or more female sounding voice. Again, voice one, voice two, they could do it that way. Um, for the player to be able to play whatever fantasy they want to. And I think that's, that would be, that, that's awesome and they should do that. Uh, like I said, I, I think the NPC wise, it's a little more difficult. I mean, look at the conversations people are having about uh, the trans person inside um, Harry Potter, um, not Harry Potter, the uh, Hogwarts. Um, game oh yeah legacy hogwarts legacy yeah so there are good things about the portrayal and bad things about it so again it's very difficult uh, i think that obsidian is totally the studio that would want to do something like that though and and i think they're uh, yeah they're definitely uh it's on their mind they're very active i think in supporting that i think they hire employees that you know, represent their uh, appreciation of of different choices and diversity. Um, as far as same-sex romance, I, like Parenthes said, we don't even know if there is romance in it, um, but I wouldn't put it past them. It was very much prevalent in Outer Worlds. There's no question about it um, that, you know, I mean, you, you had companions that were attracted to a female companion that was attracted to another female. So it's definitely you know, there, and it's something they would support. My only, and this is just my ignorance here talking, is like the only way I think you would know a character is transgender is if it was part of the story. Like, isn't isn't the general idea that if you fully trans, if you're fully transgender, you're, you're not going to know unless you do like maybe your voice is deeper or something. I mean, and, and like Remarin said, that you're stepping in some really dangerous territory there that mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't do because yeah. you're not going to just be able to see them from a distance and say, Oh, they're transgender. Right. Yes. There was, um, there was mass effect Andromeda where one, I know, ne- I never, I don't think I played enough to, to meet her, but, but basically there was a trans character who mentioned her dead name, which is like, no, no, don't that's, that's never going to happen. But it's a dead name for a reason. And, she went from one galaxy to another. So I'm like, no, if you don't mention it, no one will ever know. Uh, they got some flag for that. I think yeah, people were, it, cool. yeah, and people were saying in Hogwarts Legacy, this, this, I think the character's named Serona Ryan. And people were saying, like, there's some good things. I think, like, when they were talking about, I, there's like quest lines where she mentioned, or yeah, she mentions that, um, like how people treated her before and after it's not like super obvious but like you could you could take a hint and and i think that's a a good way to do it but then also people were saying like oh they named her serona ryan and because ryan is a male name it's it's very like kind of you know what i mean like do you you know what i'm saying it's kind of weird so it you have to tread lightly when you do it because you want to do it respectfully and you want to do it honestly and you want to include um you know, you want to be inclusive, and I think they should go for it. I just think uh, they—they—it's difficult. I wouldn't know how to do it properly because of, of my ignorance. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that one of the things I love about the company is they're not afraid to take on 
a stance uh, about how they feel about certain things. I mean, they've definitely, you know, the haters on Reddit or you call them, a, you know, a leftist and all this other stuff. But I'm glad that they have a stance. I'm glad that they're welcoming as a company. I'm glad that they're they're open about those things. And, and obviously they've shown signs of that as they've developed uh, software in the past and games in the past. As for Aora in general, I don't think we have enough information either way to know. Uh, how that'll transpire other than, you know, you can just cross your fingers and hope if that's something you're interested in and you're looking for, you'll just kind of have to listen out and see if one of the future leaks uh, will tell us anything about that because they ain't talking. So there we go. And that's how we will end today. Um, thank you guys for coming on to talk to me today. And thanks everybody for listening. If you want to shoot us an email, you can do that aboutcast at gmail.com. Um, try to read through all of them and um, put the ones, you know, pick, pick, pick a few here and there for each uh, podcast that we do. Um, we're also on Twitter out of outcast um, and you can follow our website of outcast.com. Uh, um, Remoran, where can they find you? I'm at Sir Remoran on Twitter. Yay. And parentheses. How about you? Actually, Instead of plugging me, could I plug something else? Yes, please. Yeah. So it transpires that uh, Timothy Kane of uh, Fallout fame has made his own YouTube channel uh, with the user with the uh, yeah, username of at Kane on Games, and I've been going through his uh, video archive. He regularly uploads new videos, and they are just treasure troves of of anecdotes, uh, of video game history, and, and generally good tips and tricks for the video game industry. Oh, I mean, uh, anybody who's in games kn knows this individual. I believe he was one of the top 100 developers of all time, and IGN came out with a list. Um, so I definitely i am going to check that out. Thanks for because I didn't know he had the YouTube It's really channel. awesome. Yeah, I, I listened to it. Um, he has an awesome video on uh, being gay in the gaming industry, um, which uh, just through that video, I've gotten, like, I looked up two of the games that he's been a part of, um, Temple of Elemental Evil and Arcanum, which both games that are on my list that I want to play. And just there's a bunch of little things like that that every time I watch his video, I'm like, oh, this is super cool and interesting. So, yeah, I, I definitely recommend that, too. Yeah, I mean, I, and if you're in a follow Obsidian or anything like that, you know, you know Timothy Kane for sure. So uh, go out and check it out. I'm definitely going to check it out after we're done today. Um, again, over the summer, we're going to try to release a podcast whenever there's news that comes out that we feel something to talk about. Um, otherwise, we'll probably do one a month um, until we start to get more information from Obsidian. And hopefully they will start releasing some details themselves and maybe stem some of this chaos that seems to be happening on the on the outside and the outskirts from uh, people who we don't know if they're official or if they're not or whatever. Um, but thank you for listening and I hope everybody enjoys their summer. Ungrateful, unloving creature. I should let the maw of the dead fire close around you.